Okay, Katarina, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And um, why don't you maybe tell the listeners who you are and what do you do? Hey, uh, thank you, Hamilton. So my name is uh, Katarina Oskarsson, and I'm the Chief Strategy Officer uh, of RISE, which is a regional economic development nonprofit organization uh, located in Norfolk. Fantastic. And what were you doing before you took on this role? Mm-hmm. What, how, what was your background? So, uh, I'm assuming you can tell from my from my accent probably that I'm not originally from from this area. I've been here uh, in Norfolk for last uh, 13 years. So I came originally from the Czech Republic. Czech Republic. And. Uh, Actually, I became a U.S. citizen last year, so I'm really proud of that. Nice. And um, yeah, and and so I came here, you know, to improve my English. I plan to stay for one year, and it's been 13. I'm still working on my English. <laughs> no, it's great. <laughs> yeah, it's and, great. Uh, yeah, and so I, I really like the area, and you know, people, and uh, the culture, and water, because you know, Czech Republic is landlocked country, so ah, I, yes. was just, I just love this access to water everywhere. And so I decided to stay here and uh, get my education here. So I went to uh, Old Dominion University where I got my undergraduate, master's and PhD uh, degree from, uh, I mean, in international studies, which yes. is very interdisciplinary field that's very relevant to, to resilience. Uh, and yeah, and then, then uh, I worked at, uh, at NATO. Uh, as a civilian analyst working on non-traditional threats uh, and uh, also worked at ODU or still work at ODU as an agent assistant professor Uh, and then uh, I got this opportunity to work for the city of Norfolk uh, as a first as a fellow and then as a deputy chief resilience uh, officer basically trying to help uh, the city figure out, you know, how can we adapt to uh, the changing climate and and really become the coastal community uh, of the future where uh, people can uh, survive and and adapt and continue to live uh, on the coast. uh, In spite of, you know, increasing sea level rise uh, and flooding. And, and other challenges this this uh, region faces, such as you know economic uh, overdependence on uh, very few uh, clusters, such as you know uh, the federal spending and and uh, the port of Virginia, and challenges such as you know the concentration of poverty, and so so the idea was you know how can we use this this sort of existential threat of uh, sea level rise and flooding because w- water is coming. Yes. <laughs> How can we use that that uh, that threat and and the opportunity to change because we will have to change to to stay on the coast to also uh, address those other challenges we have at the same time, such as you know economic development and and give more people opportunities uh, to uh, you know make the living and. Uh, improve their uh, life and yeah and so so uh, out of that work with the city came uh, resilience strategy 
this is the very first uh, resilient strategy uh, in, in Virginia. So we were part of this network called 100 Resilient Cities. It was started by the Rockefeller Foundation. So mm. Norfolk was one of the very first cities ah. that uh, was accepted into the network and released its uh, resilience strategy. Uh, and uh, yeah, and so, so we, we launched that strategy and actually uh, immediately we got a huge opportunity to exercise or try everything what we said in that strategy we would do those those three you know to address those three challenges i just talked about uh, so we uh, together with the commonwealth of virginia and partners like odu and you know other regional par partners we uh, uh, applied for this huge grant uh, you know there was one billion dollars left after hurricane sandy uh, to help communities uh, come up with some new resilience solutions. And so we applied together with the Commonwealth and uh, we were fortunate to be awarded uh, $120 million from that one billion. So it was the third highest award in the country right after uh, New York and New Orleans. Yes. And uh, basically the the grant was a federal grant. Uh, the grant uh, funds uh, two projects, and so one of them is uh, one of them is uh, for a resilience project in Chesterfield Heights and Grandy Village uh, in Norfolk. Yeah. So, so, you know, it's it's a it's sort of a community that really uh, will showcase how a coastal community can adapt to uh, sea level rise and flooding going forward while also uh, you know becoming more economic, economically vibrant more connected uh, to the rest of the city uh, and so most of the award went to that project uh, which actually last week they, they broke a ground so now the project is moving to construction which is really exciting and uh, 5 million of that 120 million went into uh, creation of what became RISE. So I was with the city of Norfolk working, working uh, on this resilience strategy and then on this, on this uh, project I just described. And then uh, uh, I applied for a job with, with RISE to, to uh, you know, explore resilience from economic development uh, standpoint, basically. And uh, yes, yeah, Rise was uh, was created in in 2017, and our mission is really to accelerate innovation and business growth around solutions uh, to these challenges faced by these coastal communities. And so, essentially, we are. Uh, really trying to leverage local and regional assets and people and all the expertise we have accumulated here over the years to deal with uh, sea level rise and flooding to turn this region, uh, the region's challenges into economic opportunities. And so we want to really, uh, you know, turn that flooding into opportunities to stimulate innovation, entrepreneurship, job creation and, and economic growth. And so 
uh, as you imagine, uh, flooding and sea level rise are usually gloom, doom types of topics. Sure, sure. And so, you know, people oftentimes forget that there are also opportunities that come with this change. That's right. Right. And so, uh, as, as you know, we experience a lot of flooding, uh, sometimes even during sunny days when, when tide is, is high. And, and we experience some of those challenges earlier than other coastal communities. So, so we have the opportunity to really, you know, figure things out here and then take them uh, elsewhere. And uh, that's, that's, you know, that's one, one opportunity. Uh, then uh, another reason why we see this as an opportunity uh, is that, you know, Hampton Roads challenges are very representative of threats other coastal communities are facing mm. and yet here uh, you know we have a lot of diverse typologies in which these threats man manifest uh, themselves and this makes us uh, a perfect test bed for solutions because we can experiment in urban environments suburban rural i mean hampton roads region is so diverse yes and uh, at the same time, we have very nimble cities and other coastal uh, actors that are willing to try new things. And oftentimes it's because they cannot afford the traditional solutions that, uh, you know, cost tens of millions of dollars and take decades to build, because we are talking about some major infrastructure projects. And so, so we saw this need for you know, shorter, midterm type of solutions that help you uh, reduce risk now, right? We cannot just like sit and wait for uh, billions of dollars to build uh, huge walls that will last 70 years. We need solutions across different time and scale, smaller, bigger, good for five years, good for 10 years and so on. And so there is, there, there is a huge, uh, huge potential for innovation in this whole water management and resilience yes. field uh, and another opportunity here is that you know again cities and universities have accumulated so much expertise collected so much data uh, around these challenges that we can you know offer to entrepreneurs that come here to work with if they have some innovative ideas at the same time, we have this expanding uh, entrepreneurial ecosystem, you know, thanks to uh, players such as 757 Accelerate, 757 Angels, you know, ODU's Innovation Center, and so on. So, so we have a lot of resources that entrepreneurs, regardless of sea level rise and flooding, can, can uh, tap into. And uh, finally, we see cities, businesses, and, you know, people in coastal communities here and of course nationally, nationally and globally already spending a lot of money on uh, the adaptation to these challenges uh, which obviously creates a new market that, that we are trying to capture so we have we have this new opportunity to really you know test test new things and then have a market to uh, sell sell the solutions uh, and so, you know, RISE is not, we, we, we sort of, we broker all this and facilitate uh, the opportunity, but we are not the ones that come up with any innovative technologies. So, so uh, 
let me tell you, you know, how we go about Please. to position this region as the most hospitable sort of test bed or place to be for uh, these entrepreneurs and innovators working on these new solutions uh, that need to be tested and validated before they can be built into, into sustainable businesses. So uh, we run something we call uh, Coastal Community Resilience Challenges. And these are global competitions uh, looking for teams, usually small business-led uh, teams with uh, next generation solutions that uh, address Hampton Roads problem, uh, but at the same time are scalable to other communities uh, and can be built into, into sustainable businesses. So it's not, you know, it's not good enough to have the technical solutions. You also need to figure out how to actually build a business uh, around it. And so each challenge has uh, an actual occurrence in Hampton Roads, but again, is applicable to, to other communities. So for, you know, we partner with cities like Miami and Houston to make sure that whatever we are trying to address here will have market elsewhere. Uh, and uh, just to give you an example of a challenge we are working on right now, uh, you know, a lot of people have been asking for this real-time flooding information that they would like to have on their cell phones oh, okay, so that they yeah. can avoid uh, flooded roads, right? And so, so we pose we pose the challenge to the world, to the entrepreneurs out there, asking uh, for solutions, and we want them to come here, test it, validate it, develop it here, uh, show us that it works, and then. Uh, take it to, to these other coastal communities. So that's one of the challenges we have opened right now, offering up to $500,000 for people to come here and use this region as a test bed to, to develop it. And uh, yeah, so, so we, uh, when, we, when we find you know, entrepreneurs, last year we, we had 51 applications, uh, selected uh, six winners. Yep. Uh, we awarded 1.5 million dollars, and so now these six winners, three of them were regional, uh, three of them relocated from other places. So they are all here right now working on these solutions, uh, using you know cities infrastructure to to uh, pilot them and demonstrate that they work. And that's you know goes back to what I said about this region being really nimble. Because what we hear from these entrepreneurs is that if they try to do something like that uh, in cities like Boston or New York, I mean, it would be very difficult to navigate, it's a big challenge. you know, red tape. Like, okay, I want to put, you know, this piece of technology into your uh, right away or on your bridge or land post. That, you know, it sounds easy, but it's actually very difficult to, to use the... Uh, uh, the, the city's infrastructure mm -hmm. for as a laboratory, but it's it's doable here because Got we it. have mid-sized cities that you know move faster and and again are open to to Less testing things. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, so so um, we selected these six six winners, and uh, you know we we provide them with with funding. That that's one thing, but uh, you know many of them also need 
to build a business and really understand how you build business around the tech, new technology that they come that they bring here. And so we uh, we provide them uh, with uh, an assistance uh, to do that. You know, in partnership with with uh, 757 Accelerate mentors and and uh, ODU to to really make sure that they understand you know who is who their customer is and does their business plan uh, make sense so so we are working with them to really maximize the uh, the the value of the funds we are giving them uh, th through this and so that's, that's the second thing money this business acceleration uh, and uh, we also give them access to something we call resilience innovation hub and that's that's sort of a package of, of resources, including this access of, of cities as living laboratory. So we facilitate access to the actual infrastructure, you know, the permitting, uh, introduce them to right people, right cities, uh, so that they can really pilot their solutions. And then uh, we also give them access to co-working office space and co-working uh, workshop assembly space we have on the 23rd uh, street so that's where they actually build uh, all these technologies mm -hmm. and we give them access to all the data that you know region and universities have have accumulated so we work very closely with with universities around the region to do that and you know and anything else they need so sort of, because many of them if they are not from here they don't know where to go and so we broker uh, all those all those uh, assets for them uh, and so it's it's really this combination of all these things all these resources uh, most of which most of which already exist in the community there's nothing really new we are inventing that turned this region into this really attractive place to be for these innovators with these you know new solutions that need to be tested and developed and uh, validated before they can uh, you know, turn them into viable businesses. And so, so while these six winners are working uh, right now, we actually, on, we have another challenge going on right now. Uh, we are offering up to $2 million in funding. And uh, the challenge uh, closes on Monday, uh, 12 p.m. It's coming so up. So it's coming <laughs> up. And so we will see, you know, what, what applications we get. And, and by May 8th, we will announce uh, a new cohort of uh, uh, our winners uh, and so you know suddenly we will have maybe 12-15 companies uh, working here on, on these solutions uh, together you know, exchanging ideas and so so we believe that can really catalyze catalyze this resilience uh, uh, innovation cluster we are trying to build here Love that. Yeah. So how is Rise kind of organized from a personnel standpoint? And thank you for that overview. That really sets the stage mm -hmm. well for uh, the discussion. Um, how is the team structure? Like, yeah. what do people do? Like, are you doing mm -hmm. all this, you know, <laughs> by yourself? No, no. no. So, so, you know, we, we, we are actually, we are only three uh, full-time uh, employees. Wow. We are trying to keep this really small and agile uh, so that we can uh, refine things, change them as we go, because 
uh, you know, this, this, what, what I just described is, hasn't been done, let alone with federal funds. So, so we, you know, sort of want to figure everything out, see if it, if it works and, and improve it as we go. And you can only do it <laughs> if you have, if you have, you know, very few people uh, instead of, you know, setting up some big, big organization and then trying to figure out how everything is going to work. And so, yeah, so we, we only have uh, three employees, uh, executive director, uh, uh, myself, and, and sort of a project manager. Yeah. But, you know, regardless of how we call ourselves, like I'm chief strategy officer, but, you know, we all do sort of everything yeah. because that's what it takes. And you know we help we help startups, but we are also a startup, right? So so uh, we don't have really you know clearly sort of delineated roles, and are sort of all hands on on deck. And you know and when we need we we leverage or contract with uh, other people in the community. Uh, like for example, now we are we are working with. Uh, ODU that's you know helping us uh, uh, select some of these winners uh, and help us develop a strategy around their business acceleration needs or again 757 uh, Accelerate has been a great resource to us so we work uh, with them and uh, yeah so, so we sort of you know just leverage leverage what has been done elsewhere instead of trying to reinvent light bulb yeah no i like that a lot and um so how do you kind of spend most of your time in the strategy role are you are you talking with the companies or Mm -hmm. are you spending more time with the innovators or uh, are you spending more time maybe working with ODU or mm-hmm. 757 Accelerate or 757 Angels? So I think uh, I personally spend, uh, spend a lot of time uh, working with uh, our companies, you know, mm-hmm. making sure uh, that they have everything they need and, uh, and can move those projects forward. And, and can take advantage of those resources from the Resilience Innovation Hub. And uh, I think that the second most, most sort of time intensive thing is the development of these new challenges, right? Because we've finished one, uh, but then at the same time, you have to be constantly looking for those uh, problems in need of innovation with some you know, market potential market behind them, and so so we are constantly you know talking to the cities to to here and elsewhere to figure out okay what you know what keeps you up at night what what's not working what what should our next challenge be uh, what what do you need to solve right and not everything needs innovation but uh, some some things some things do and and so it actually it takes. Uh, lot of time to structure these challenges uh, in the right way and yeah. then you know uh, connect them with all the data sets or anything that these entrepreneurs need to, to be able to respond to those challenges in a most effective way so so that it solves you know the, the problem we, we have here so that's uh, yeah that's like right now on, on Monday we will announce a new uh, we will 
we will receive all these applications and so of course as we are selecting the new winners at the same time you know we are we are uh, constantly talking to people about these new challenges so it's yeah. you say roughly it's two million dollars maybe 10 to 15 or 12 to 15 companies what type of companies are you typically looking for are these primarily technology companies mm -hmm. are these uh, environmental science based companies mm -hmm. or maybe you can talk about some of the different past portfolio mm -hmm. companies that have uh, I know you mentioned some were from the area mm -hmm. some were somewhere from out of the area maybe talk about the mix of types of companies mm -hmm. that are working on the challenges that you uh, that you present so uh, so we are we are looking for uh, small <coughs> businesses startups or you know small business led teams and uh, beyond an idea stage so you know they should be in sort of in prototype pilot uh, stage that's sort of a sweet spot since we are providing this region as a living lab uh, but of course we are open to more advanced companies uh, as well that, that it's less work for us <laughs> and uh, uh, and we we essentially for for example for for this year we have uh, these six topic areas that that companies can can work on and so one is around this flood management and so uh, you know we see a lot of companies proposing sort of technology-based uh, solutions. Uh, an example from, from last year is uh, one of our winners, uh, Infra SGA. So they are they are local local company that uh, is using our our funding and resources to basically start a new product line around a new solution they saw a huge need for in the market. And uh, they, their solution is, is basically a, a stormwater retention uh, basin, they call it bioswale, that can be assembled as a kit of Lego. And it holds, so it's modular, uh, and it holds more water, cheaper, and uh, longer than the other solutions that are currently on the market. So Got that's, it. that's one of the examples. Then, so that's that's our flood management topic. Then we also have, uh, then we also have uh, companies in protection of buildings topic. So these are companies that are trying to figure out, uh, you know, how do we build in the future? How do we retrofit uh, the existing buildings that we already have so that they uh, can protect themselves from flooding? So, so we have a company called uh, Building Resilience Solutions. Uh, and they are uh, basically uh, testing a different uh, retrofits that, to figure out you know which ones work best to be able to advise uh, their clients on on how to adapt themselves uh, instead of just right waiting for uh, the city or the government right, to right. do something. So uh, then. We, we also have this data analytics topic. So it's basically anything that helps, you know, people and companies and, and cities in the coastal communities to make better decisions uh, using data uh, around the adaptation. So for example, that, that uh, mobile app I mentioned, that, that's an example of uh, data analytics uh, yes. 
topic. So here we see a lot of you know software engineers uh, or or data analysts applying, but again they you know uh, they have to find someone or or who, who would help them to to build a business around it. It's it's just not it's not just about the technology. So. Uh, then another topic we have, it's called uh, uh, re-establishing critical utilities. So you know how during major storms, we usually communities usually lose power, right? And, and, uh, and critical services are affected. Maybe we haven't had a big disaster here, but in many other places, uh, it has been a case that you, you lose these critical services. And so, so we are asking for companies that can come up with something uh, innovative to basically pre-establish these, these critical systems you know, within two hours and make sure that they run for the next 72 hours. So that's one of the use cases we used in the past. And so uh, another company we are working with right now, uh, it's called Constructis. They, they moved here from uh, South Carolina and uh, they uh, harvest energy from moving vehicles uh, and store it in in uh, underground in sort of you know an energy box for yeah. lack of a better word. Yeah. And then uh, you know during blue skies you can you can use it to power whatever you need to power. Hmm. But during emergencies you can you can use it to to power. Uh, street lights or or uh, or uh, what, what do we call that uh, intersection uh, street lights st stop lights stop lights yeah that's what i was looking for uh, or or any emergency services right mm -hmm. and so we obviously have a lot of traffic in this region so and a lot of that energy gets wasted so so basically by putting these boxes in a in a ground uh, with cars driving over few rumble strips, you can really store that energy in, in, uh, in that storage for these emergency uses. Then we also have uh, uh, companies that focus on workforce development because there will be, you know, there's a huge need for, for uh, new workforce that will have to build all these solutions and maintain them. And uh, so one of our companies called Resilience Enterprise Solutions. They are out of Pittsburgh. Uh, they are uh, establishing the nation's first uh, home raising academy in Hampton Roads to basically train co uh, contractors on uh, how to elevate homes uh, more effectively, faster, in a way that looks better, it's cheaper. Uh, and to, to basically uh, address this, you know, increasing demand uh, we they see in the market, because a lot of people uh, want to elevate homes. Maybe not necessarily here yet, but they see it in other communities, and they want to use Hampton Roads as a as a place where all these contractors will come and get those skills. Awesome. Uh, yeah, and. The last co the company from last year that illustrates you know what type type of companies we are working in, working with is uh, landscape resilience partnership. Uh, it's led by Wetlands Watch, and they are uh, training 
uh, and certifying uh, landscape, landscape professionals on how to build, design and maintain uh, all these solutions that hold water, usually in, you know, sort of urban constraint. Constra- Okay, no, that's great. So, um, what? Maybe you can tell me what you all do to get the word out. What kind of marketing or mm-hmm. promoting uh, are you finding is effective to get uh, the applicants or to find the companies and to get them to, mm-hmm. you know, potentially relocate from a South Carolina to Virginia? What what type of uh, messaging or communicating are you doing? Yeah. So. Uh you know, we, we, as I said, we, we are small organization. We haven't been around for a long time, you know, only since 2017. And so, you know, marketing is, of course, always a challenge when you are, when you are new. And so uh, we try to leverage uh, uh, global networks and partners that have a similar mission and sort of align with them. So a great example uh, of that is our partnership uh, with MIT Solve. Uh, so MIT Solve uh, is uh, also interested in, in coastal resilience and coastal communities. And so they have a global network of these entrepreneurs. And so last year they, they ran a similar challenge. Mm. And so we decided to, to collaborate and uh, you know, they offered a little bit different things than we did, but uh, as they were advertising, uh, they also advertised our challenge. And when companies apply to their challenge, they always, they oftentimes saw a benefit of going from that challenge to our challenge. Yes. Because MIT Salt doesn't really offer this access to, you know, place-based uh, demonstration and access to you know, co-working warehouse and, and space and cities as a laboratory. And we also had more sort of funding. So, so we leverage each other's funding. And so, so they were really critical in helping us to get word out. Uh, uh, and we continued that, that partnership. And, you know, of course, we are, we are, uh, we are on social media always uh, asking uh, universities, uh, cities, Industries and, and other nonprofits in the U.S. that are working in a, in this water management resilience field to uh, help us spread the word. So we usually spread the word through through these partners, uh, and uh, you know asking them to to share whatever we we post on on social media. But also uh, we we have done a lot of research on. Uh, where the entrepreneurs that we are looking for may may sort of be, and so we we try to uh, target those specific places and even you know do do calls, do targeted emails based on this research, right? Because nationally uh, there are uh, several uh, accelerators or, or universities or companies that focus on what we are looking for and so we you know go through accelerators graduates and basically look at who could be a good fit and and do a lot of targeted targeted research or ma- marketing as well uh, but you know it you we, we just don't know what since we've done these challenges just 
twice. Let's see what we get on Monday. Yeah, yeah. So on Monday, I can tell you how how much our marketing works. <laughs> I like it. But but uh, you know, we we felt pretty good for uh, in our first challenge. No one knew about us, and we got over fifty one applications, uh, which was I think great success considering you know what what we are asking for. For it's it's a heavy lift to apply. Not only you have to solve a problem in some innovative way. But you also have that. You also have to have that business plan around that solution, and you have to come here, be here, and do that. So you know, fifty-one entrepreneurs being willing to do that from all over the world—that—that's pretty good. And uh, yeah, but you know, we 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 always ask people to please help us spread the word uh, about our challenges, so that we can reach uh, a broader audience. Through social media, through you know word of mouth, we send ton of uh, mailchimps and, and emails. I don't know how many of them <laughs> end uh, end up in people's junk mail, but <laughs> <laughs> you know. But yeah, but I I, I think uh, leveraging the partners has been so far the most effective. People who already have a great audience. Yeah, that yep. sounds like a really mm-hmm. solid way to get the word out. What about um, for you getting? your career kind of being around like-minded uh, professionals? Do you go to conferences or any good resilience events or trade shows that you can go to to learn more about this type of work? Yeah, so, so we, we uh, try to you know, stay on top of uh, what's happening in the, in the resilience field by following all those organizations uh, that are in the, in the ecosystem. And uh, and then we go to every year we you know we we try not to go to too many conferences because you know it's just three of us we we <laughs> don't have that much time to be to be out there yet we plan to do more of that uh, more of that this year and next year but uh, like for example this MIT Solve conference uh, it's it's a really effective way to connect uh, with a lot of entrepreneurs. Uh, so we do that every year. Uh, then, then uh, you know th- there is a there is a huge conference in places that are known for these issues, right? like New Orleans uh, or New York City. Uh, they they are facing a lot of similar challenges, and so they have a great events that attract a lot of uh, like-minded people. So so we. Uh, we go there, for example, uh, Rescon in New Orleans, uh, and yeah, I think I think uh, that's sometimes you know we see we we are subscribed to to everything we can we can read, and uh, and we see people people start contacting us to you know bring opportunities to us and offer challenge topic that maybe we could focus on. And uh, but ultimately, you know, we try to spend a lot of time on talking to those cities and talking to people with those problems that need to be solved. Uh, and so we do it. Uh, so we do it through uh, something we call challenge design workshops, where we really we bring people together to f- to really you know sort of collectively figure out what the priority topics are, what are the use cases. Again, is there market behind that? So, when we do these challenge design workshops, 
to learn about the main issues that need to be solved. Uh, when we did one in, in uh, 2018, we invited resilience, like main resilience experts from the nation and they were willing to come here and talk to us, which was great. And we had, you know, regional cities sitting next to Miami and Houston and we had uh, New Orleans on Zoom joining us as well. And uh, people from private sector working on resilience, academia, University Berkeley got up super early because they are three times, three hours, right? Yeah. Uh, behind us, but they got up at 5 a.m. to join our challenge design workshop to talk to us about the problems that should be addressed in those challenges. Very nice. So, so we are really trying to connect our you know, local challenges to, to this global resilience community that's only growing because these challenges are not going anywhere. They will only get <laughs> worse. That's right. right. That's with right. Climate change. You got you got lots of work ahead of you. Yeah. So uh, no, that's great. Where can the listeners? Um, oh, and thank you for this. This has been very um, informative. I feel like I, I have a lot better sense of what you all do, and I, I didn't realize it was it was only three of you uh, kind of working. But um, what are some places? Where can the listeners follow you? And mm-hmm. uh, maybe where can you know where can companies uh, apply or mm-hmm. you know learn more? Yeah, so, so uh, you know, best place to go for more information is our website. Uh, uh, so just go to riseresilience.org or if you just Google Rise Resilience Innovation, we usually come up right away. Uh, we are on, you know, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, so you can find us there as well under Rise Resilience Innovations. And we we uh, hold a lot of uh, online webinars where we talk to people about our challenges and mm. you know answer all the questions because we just we don't want to be just you know a website. Yeah. Right? So so we try to really uh, as these entrepreneurs are working on these challenges, we try to to talk to them about okay, do you need anything? Do you, you know do you have any questions? Do you need to talk to someone? And then we record these webinars, post them on our website, and. So, you know, entrepreneurs can reach out to us anytime. We, we, we respond right away or join these, join these webinars. And uh, I would encourage everyone to go to our website and sign up for our uh, newsletter so that, you know, people can stay informed uh, about the new challenges that are coming up and about the winners and what they are doing. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you. 